today on The Breakdown. People play a lot of big tournaments. There's a lot of guys who go on the circuit. They play 20, 30, 40, 50, sometimes a lot more, big buy-in tournaments every single year. But it is a rare thing to make a deep run. It's a big deal to make a deep run. And the question is, how do you manage that? Do you go for all the chips all the time? Do you try and run everyone over? When do you put it into second gear? When do you put it into fifth gear? When do you slam on the brakes? Well, we have a guy who doesn't really know anything about brakes. He doesn't know how to spell the word brake. It's Ludovic Gylik. And it's from, well, it's from 2013. It's a hand from 2013, an EPT with like 25 people left or something like that. And Ludo is going to play a hand, I'm just going to say unconventionally. And his opponent knows he's playing against an unconventional player and needs to adjust and really attempts to. There are fireworks in weird ways in this hand. The turn is so unusual, I would say, for both players. Let's get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Is Jonathan Levy going to be here on the breakdown? I don't know. Do you think Couldn't I, tell you think I said you... that as if it was a question? You said with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy? No, I didn't. I said with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. That is not, I, I didn't go up. No, you said, you said with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> I said with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. That's, that's what you said. Sunday, yeah. Sunday, Sunday. Like that. Monster trucks. <laughs> Have you ever been yeah, to a monster, monster truck trucks. anything? No. I've only been to a demolition derby where they had monster trucks like fight each other once. They weren't even really monster trucks. They were more like trailers and vans. But it was cool, man. Demolition derbies are really fun. Although I do worry about the smoke inhalation, I'll be honest. The exhaust inhalation was a concern even at the time. But really. Oh, yeah. Was there, there was a lot of smoke. I think we were outdoors, but there was so much smoke, it still seemed really unsafe. <laughs> like, we were all breathing it in for sure. But it was pretty great. I will say that. If you have a, a chance to do it in a respiratory friendly way, I encourage everyone out there to go ahead and check out the Demolition Derby. The best is I went with Wonka, and of course, we bet on every race, and that, or the, every derby, and that makes it way more fun right away. All you need is a rooting interest. Crazy things happen in Demolition Derbies, you know? Things get... Cars get broke, yo. <laughs> Straight up broke. I mean, that's what that's what's supposed to happen, right? Yeah, well, it it does. That's well, it. speaking of demolition derby, yeah. Ludovic Gylik might as well be in one with his style of play. Back in 2013, he burst onto the scene by always v-pipping the hardest. Yeah, he always gave it that extra v-pip effort. I mean, it very al- aggressive. It always felt like watching guy like play that he was basically playing chicken and seeing if anyone else was interested in playing. And the answer is usually no, right? And it's a style that has to have some thought behind it. Otherwise, it doesn't. We've seen lots of people try this, and it almost never really works, right? I'm just going to run over everyone. Doesn't really work for almost anybody. But Gylik found a way to make it work, and he's still around in the poker world. I think still being at least reasonably successful. So. He's got thought behind it. He's not just crazy all the time. But this was 2013. It's a little harder to know how much thought's behind everything. Yeah. 2013, it was maybe more effective. Yeah. You know, people were, were not using distribution to make decisions against players like this as frequently. And I think the, the advent of distribution becoming a more commonplace thought process really hurts players like Ludovic Gylik, who are going to be way too bluff heavy. Yeah. And so people can just pick them off. 
and that's just life. Now, the other side of it, though, is guy like can do things like know what his image is, which he should know. Like anywhere he goes, everyone should know who that guy is and what his image is. He should be able to play really tight for a while, and no one would really know he's doing it. Like if he ever just has it a bunch, like a little bit more than normal, or even just a normal amount, people are going to call him more often. And so he should just stop bluffing for a while, you know, until people tighten up their distributions against him. They're calling distributions, and then he can go back to being typical Ludo. Well, some people aren't capable of stopping. That is true. It is easier said than done for a lot of people. As I like to say whenever we do poker time, people like play tight for the first 40 minutes, but then their true nature comes out. And I don't, yep. know, I don't know that Ludo can, you know, keep the cobra in the cage. Well, can you imagine, and this might actually be what's happening, but I don't know, but can you imagine a world where Michael Mizraki has had a losing year for the past three years? Maybe he has. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been doing anything that I'm aware of recently. Maybe he's been winning, but let's assume he's been losing. Okay. Okay, just for the sake of this argument. Can you really imagine a world in 2021 where you see Michael Mizraki play the main event and he's just like playing the nittiest ranges and like not making big loose decisions? Can you imagine that? No, I absolutely cannot imagine it in any scenario. Like, I feel like if there was one of those like science fiction situations where somehow Michael Mizraki was playing poker to save the human race and... Part of the deal was, you know, the only like it's jacks. You have to pocket jacks are better to even like qualify. Otherwise, your hand is automatically folded. You know, on the river, you have to have at least pocket jacks in yeah. your hand. He just he wouldn't be able to adhere to that. <laughs> you know, he would, we'd all be dead <laughs> because he'd be like, "Well, I got to play nine seven suited though, right? I mean, I can make a straight and a flush." And they're like, "You'll die. You'll all die." He's like, "But I can make a straight and a flush. Don't you see?" <laughs> also, I can bluff. Yeah. What if I bluff the guy? <laughs> It'll be fine. You know. So, yeah. Yeah, Ludovic Gallic is in, he's in the Mizraki category, although I would say more aggressive than Mizraki. Mizraki is just yeah. incredibly wide and sometimes takes passive lines, even with his incredibly wide range. Gallic is seems like is always putting his foot on the gas, making aggressive plays. I agree. I feel like Mizraki will be aggressive, but will also um, pot control at times, make big calls. And it feels like Ludo's whole, his gear is just fire, fire, fire. You know, at least in 2013, yeah. especially. Although they, we did a hand of his, we broke down a hand maybe a year ago or six months ago from very recent from a recent cash game, which also we really, we really questioned if it was a good his line even then in terms of the story that he told. Yeah, which I'm going to question here. Okay. I, 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 I challenge you, Jonathan Levy, to to okay convince me that Ludovic Gaelic is not just pushing buttons. I I accept your challenge. I will attempt to do that. I like I like doing okay. this part of the side of it. I think I've got a little more to work with too than normally when you challenge me in this way. Yeah, no, yeah, for for sure. Let this me. one has a chance. It's it's not like the Elie Lesra exactly. made a good play with the the straight in that one hand against Peter Eastgate. Like that that one that you were challenged on that yeah. was impossible to defend. This this you could maybe actually convince me that the guy like is not just clicking buttons. I have a shot and I'm excited that they're I actually think I'm probably gonna be okay, but let's see. Let's see. All right. Well, this hand was suggested by Patrick James on Twitter. Good job, Patrick. Yep. Thank you for the suggestion. If you want to suggest a hand for the breakdown, be like Patrick James. Suggest it on Twitter. Include a YouTube link and a timestamp, and maybe your hand will get on the breakdown. I thought when you said be like Patrick James, you're going to say have two first names, but apparently you went in a different direction, and that's fine, too. The two first names thing is like it's played out, man. I don't care. It is, but you don't actually run into that many people with Two first names. Do you? I don't. 
I'm just tired of people making jokes about it. It's been it's a while. And no, it's it's it was played out, but it's come back around to being fashionable. I feel like fashionable no, I, humor. I think I probably made some jokes based on it too, but I feel like those were knee jerk jokes, and I regret them. Like <laughs> it's 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 a stupid thing to make a joke about. I, Why was that ever funny? I have to. It was never funny. No, it was a little bit funny, but I have to admit, even when I said it on this, you can almost hear if people go back and listen. As I say the word names, I've got regret in my voice. Like <laughs> I'm trying to, I was trying to salvage it, but it, it does feel a little like, what am I even doing right now with my life? Like just go drink some milk and eat something like, come on, you know? So I feel you <laughs> go drink some milk and eat something. Yeah. Is that a common expression? <laughs> Is that something that people say? I live in Washington state now and that's what we say. <laughs> just go drink some milk and eat something. Come on. That's what we say. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. That's what I say to people when they're upset about a bad beat that I put on them or not a bad beat, but they're upset about the hand now. And the poker table. I just look at him right in the eyes. I lean forward in the poker table, like, just drink some milk and eat something. So that's like the the past the sugar of you of you. No, I'm it's not celebrating. I'm not. I'm not spiking the ball. I'm saying like, you know, go go calm yourself. Go self care. You weak human. <laughs> <laughs> You're broken inside. Use food to comfort. Eat eat your problems away. That's what I'm saying. You know. Good advice. Yeah. All right. Let's see if you can do it. Let's see if you can. I'm excited to try. Me. This first decision is going to be real tough for you. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to be able to, to do this one. I can do anything. Uh, okay, fine. We'll see. It's 4K, 8K are the blinds. We are relatively deep into this EPT event. This is on the day that they're playing down to 16. So they probably have somewhere around 40 players where they're in the money. ICM is not a huge factor, but but it's getting towards the final table. You can taste it. You can feel it. Yeah. You can even smell it. You can probably hear it. I mean, if people can, are talking about it, you can hear it, right? If, there's someone, if it. someone says, like, we're getting close to the final table, then you've heard it. So, yeah. Smelling it's a little tougher. Well, it's, they have that special final table cleaner. They only use it on mm, the final table. The EPT cleaner, yeah. Yeah. There's it's a nice formula. There's someone... Like there's someone vanilla, <laughs> vanilla mint. There's some poor housekeeper type person or a person who works in, the, you know, in Monte Carlo who tried to use that cleaner... On one of the final tables, but not the final table, and got yelled at, got demerits, maybe lost the job. Well, to be fair, it is very expensive. And if you don't use it for its purpose, it's, I mean, it's like really, you're wasting it. I mean, the only reason why they do it is because Ola Shemian loves that smell so much and he makes so many final tables. Yeah. They just felt like it's only right. Okay. Yeah, they, it's, there's a little, remember the, that hashtag back in 2014, do it for Ola? Yeah, that was that's what it, that's what it was about. Was there a hashtag in twenty fourteen? Do it for Ola? No. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say you made it, <laughs> that was a two part reach there. That was good. I thought you were just saying yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you did that right, though because get, like yeah, the joke was going nowhere. That was a bad. Yeah, joke. that's that's correct. That's right, correct. It was like a two first names joke. Yeah. All right, Ludovic Gailik, who definitely has two last names, I think <laughs> is gonna <laughs> see. That was funny. Yeah, it was a good pivot. Yeah. That's why. Um, he's going to open. He has a ton of chips. He's got 1.2 million at 4K, 8K. So he's got 150 bits. Jeez. Doing quite well. Yeah. But he is plus two. They play eight-handed at the EPT, so it's a little bit better than being the plus hijack. two at he's a nine-handed table. He has king of hearts in the three of spades. Yeah. He's going to open. Yeah. Let's defend it. He makes it 16K. Uh-huh. What is there to defend? 
There's nothing. I mean, he he's got the chips. He's got the man. He's got the brains. He's got the he's got everything he needs. Um, you can't really defend this except to say, like, if everyone's playing crazy tight right now for some reason, I'm not sure why. Maybe we're right on a money jump. The money jump shouldn't be very significant anyway. We know we're not on the bubble. Um, it's hard to reasonably defend this except Ludo is like, I am just running over this table and nothing matters. My cards don't matter right now. Which we, in fairness, during this 2013 run, we did see him do stuff like this a lot successfully. But that's the only way to defend yeah. this. I can't strategically... There's no actual strategic way to defend this, right? From the hijack, especially. No, there is not. Yeah. I'm not going to try it beyond, okay. beyond... Everyone must be scared, and Ludo thinks he can outplay them all. All right. So far, one button has been clicked, yeah. and I have, I've been convinced that it was clicked. Fair enough. Um, so he makes it 16K. Yeah. In the cutoff is Javier Atayo, who... 2013 may have been the peak of, like, the the... The armed war of how big can your scarf get on the EPT? <laughs> this guy might be at the peak right here. It, he is just wearing a comically large scarf. It is obscene. We actually are making a video about this one, too, so you can check that out if you want to. Mm. It's actually worth seeing. Like, have you ever seen a scarf in the wild of this size <laughs> worn by a human? It's it's a lot. Did, um, did Dario Maneri start the whole scarf thing in like 2006 or 2005 or something? He like was that? definitely a big part of it, but he was doing it different. Obviously, there's been an evolution from 20, 2006 to 2013, but he did like the Harry Potter scarf, yeah. right? And but Atayo's wearing the the scarf that was popular at on the EPT at the time, which is like kind of like the silky billowy scarf type thing that just goes everywhere and is huge. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I want to look at it right, right now because we're talking about it so much. I'm very interested to, to see it again. And there yeah, it is, and it is weirdly, it's, it doesn't even look like a scarf. It's not a scarf. It's something else entirely. It's like some sort it's of... a new pro- type of clothing? Yeah, it's some sort of protection against attack, <laughs> against being seen. It, does, it, does many, it has many functions. None of them are really scarf-like. A scarf is supposed to only cover your neck. This is like way up in that face area. You know, This is like significant amounts of his cheek are covered or could be covered by this. Come on. He's ready to go rob a bank with that thing. Right, yeah, I'm I'm upset about it. Anyway, yeah. he has nine ten of diamonds. He has <laughs> it's a rug. A He's step. wearing a tapestry. Yeah. Anyway, basically, he has nine ten of diamonds. It is a lesser stack than Gylix that he has, but still quite a good stack. Seven hundred and twenty k, almost hundred bigs at this point. He's going to flatten the cutoff. The blinds both fold as does the button. Makes the pot fifty one k. Okay, heading to the flop. And if you like flops, you'll like nitrogen poker, Jonathan. Tell them why. Because all they have is flops. It's flops only at nitrogen. It's a new cool thing. Literally, the hand's over after the flop, and that's that. It's nitrogen poker. Flops only. <laughs> yeah. More efficient, and it, it's, more, it's both more efficient and untrue. That is a <laughs> yeah. complete lie. Yeah. They just have you know, normal hold'em along with other games, I was just trying. To, I was trying to get the, the people who really like flops demographic to sign up. In the ad. I, th- okay. I thought that well, was going to work. Sorry, I ruined it. Don't people lie in ads? Aren't we supposed to lie about stuff to get people the... I don't know. Isn't that the deal? I don't remember anymore. Okay. So if you if you use the link in the description, all your dreams will come true. Nice. When you sign up for Nitrogen. How about, yeah. That, that one thing you really want, and you know what it is, it will come to you. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> if you just use the link to sign up for Nitrogen. And uh, if that one thing you want is... To play in a really good tournament <laughs> every month, then you know that then every month, then I guess that's not a lie, which is great because wow. at the end of every month, last Sunday of every month, we have 
the greatest iterated value in poker tournaments. Bam. We have a 100 millibit guarantee. We have a 0.1 millibit buy-in on that tournament. In Bitcoin terms, that means that the buy-in is one one-thousandth of the guarantee. They cap the damn tournament at 300 players because math, I don't know. They, they're bad at math or they just want to give you money. One of the things is happening. Could it doesn't both. matter. You should take advantage. Yeah. But the only way you can take advantage is if you sign up when you use the link in the description or else you can't even see the tournament. You got to get in there and get in the tournament. You once were blind, but if you click the link, now you will see. In fact, if you are blind and you're listening, and we love our blind audience, of course, this is a way to get sight. Sign up for Nitrogen. Wow, that is probably too far. <laughs> I was wondering. If I'm going to call that too far. I was wondering, even as I said it, I'm like, this could be a step too far, but I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there and see what happens. I guess we'll find out if we get any. That one might be. But... I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that one. This is one of those. I thought there was a chance you were going to be like, okay, well, we have to stop the recording. <laughs> yeah. There's still a chance we're going to cut that out. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Well, I will say anyway. this about Nitrogen. They've got that great tournament. It's Bitcoin only, which means you get your money out in 90 minutes, which is industry leading by a lot, by days. It's a fabulous place. You got to check it out and you got to use the link in the description when you sign up to get access, not only to the tournament, but to other cool future poker guys, things and scenarios, which might be like a little hat. Things and scenarios. Might be like a little hat. Might be like a, we all play D&D on Zoom. You know, that's a scenario, right? Uh, we might drop you into a war-torn country with just a knife. <laughs> That's a scenario. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> that is a scenario. Yeah. <laughs> nitrogen probably loves these ads. Yeah, okay, this, so... This one's an especially rough one for the nitrogen marketing team, I gotta say. We, <laughs> we lied about the service originally. You know, it's all flops only. I'm sure they're, like, pulling their hair out when they hear that flops only thing, but I think it's great. Gets people right, talking. let's move on. Okay. We're going to move along <laughs> to the flop, which this, this hand has more than just a flop. 51K in the pot, heads up. Gaelic with king three off, having opened plus two, and Javier Atayo with nine, ten of diamonds in the cutoff in position. The flop is three of hearts, jack of spades, six of diamonds. Should Ludovic consider checking this board with bottom pair because it's the type of hand that you might want to check? I mean, I think he should probably be betting just to deny equity. Bottom pair, and when it's a three especially... Like so many, if we just if we check here, we're gonna be in bluff catching mode for the whole hand, which is fine, I guess. But we just, we're, I would rather deny equity when we have a three, when we have a pair of threes. If we had, if we had like two tens here, I think we can check because there's so few cards that are gonna come comparatively that are potentially problematic. But basically, every card in the deck is a problem when we have a pair of threes and we give the guy a free card. I don't know why we want to do that. So I would bet just to deny equity, personally. All right. Well, Ludovic's going to, so maybe it is just a flop hand because Tayo has nine, ten of diamonds on the Jack Six Three board. All right, got one diamond, and we're out of here. Flops uh, only. Ludo does bet twenty four k, probably bigger than than people would bet these days. It's about half pot on this board. Seems like, a, yeah, yeah eh. a bit of a dry board for that sizing. Yeah, it's pretty dry. But Atayo is Atayo is not going away. He's going to call. Yeah. So he does have two back doors. He's got position, although. And he's got Ludovic Gaelic as his opponent. So Ludo is just so wide, has so many hands here. I guess he thinks that a float's going to work pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's fine to float here for with, with the two back doors, personally. There's a lot of good cards on the turn. A 10, a 7, of course, any, uh, an 8, any diamond. Those are all, oh, not a t- of course, a 10's good. I'm sorry. A queen, a queen, a 7, an 8, a diamond. Those are really good cards, right? I mean, 
Some of them are really good. Some of them are pretty good. I mean, a seven isn't that good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the rest of them are pretty good, right? Everything else, we're open-ended or we have a diamond draw. And we're in position. If Ludo bets again and we brick, we just fold. Yeah, I think it's more about making a move against Ludo, probably especially in 2013 when people weren't thinking as much about two backdoors mm. in their spots like that. Um, yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. Uh, you're probably right. People really weren't thinking about two backdoors very much yet as a, and as a reason to float, I guess. Um, so that was a while ago. Well, uh, I mean, one of the reasons why you float with two backdoors is to make moves when they check to you on the turn, right? So yeah. they, they do sort of fit together, just that this is a better hand to do it with than, you know, the 9-10 of whatever not the backdoor flush is here, the 9-10 of clubs, where, it does, where it's only backdoor straights. Like, that makes more of a sense yeah. to fold. But anyway. Sure. So Tyo does call floating. I'm cool with the it. Crazy, the crazy Gaelic. Sure. Pot's now 99K, and part of why, why this float is okay also is how deep they are, by the way. Yeah. Like, if they're shallower, it's a little bit riskier and maybe not worth it. Fair enough. Hey, guess what? I did not write down what the turn is, but it is the nine, nine of spades. Yeah, it's a nine. Yeah. So, nine of spades is an interesting card for a tie but first, let's talk about Ludo's decision. Yeah. Should Ludo keep betting? Well, or is this just like too bad of a card to bet? I think as Ludo, since we've been called on that super dry board, I don't think the nine necessarily connects very much with uh, Atayo's range, although it does here. It connects with his hand. But I don't think we have to be too worried about that. But it doesn't matter. Like, we're Ludo with this crazy image. Like, betting feels like, feels like Atayo's got a pair, which he happens to now, but he didn't. Felt like he had one pair, and he's just not going to fold the turn very often when we're both this deep and we're Ludo. So I don't know if there's a lot of value in betting right now as Ludo. Yeah. Um, do you have to, to not fold, though? Because you think, like, like if Atayo bets, do you have to not fold because you have a pair and you have a reputation of being a guy who bluffs a lot? I mean, the problem is, what are we, what are we up against that we can beat besides four, five, maybe five, seven suited? I mean, there's almost nothing that we should be able to beat. It turns out yeah. nine, ten, but we wouldn't think that, especially back then. I think, I think also, we should be checking the also fold. not anymore. Also not anymore nine, ten. We right, we're not beating nine, That's ten true. anymore. That's true. But, but like, I would just assume I would be checking the fold. I think. I would just assume I'm losing and I'm crazy and I, he knows I'm crazy. And I just don't know what the point of trying to make a cool play here is, you know, betting against what seems a like a bad fr- idea. What a fruitless act to play this hand in the first place. <laughs> Why would we do this? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, we're just trying to steal the blinds, I guess, every hand. We must be doing it every hand if we're opening this hand in the hijack, though, right? We're opening 90% of yeah. hands right now. And we must think it, it must be working for us. We do have 1.2 million sort of working for us. Yeah, I guess so. I guess. Anyway, Ludo does check. Yeah. And Atayo's plan likely was to bet this card. But should that change? Like, the, the cards that he could hit that would make that plan change would be a 9 or a 10, right? If, yeah. if there is a card to make that plan change. What do you think? I, I certainly agree with that thought process. Like, this is the time we need to consider not betting. If we bet, we're betting to deny equity to over cards. That's really it, right? Yeah. Um, is that spades, worth doing? But you'd really think you would really think Ludo would continue betting with spades. I would wouldn't think you? so. I feel like we should check this to try and encourage Ludo to bluff the river, rather because he's the crazy guy, right? Rather than betting yeah. and like, I'd be concerned Ludo. Like we, I'm saying I'm making the case Ludo should check fold the three here. So like, what are we trying to get value out of pocket sixes? There's a few pocket pairs, sure, but there's not that many. We can get value from those on the river at least sometimes 
If Ludo checks, we can bet. If Ludo bets, we can call. I think we're supposed to call pretty much every river uh, and just not worry about it. Like an ace comes, we call. A king comes, we call. Like whatever. It's Ludo. We just don't worry about it. We just call. We keep the pot small so it's easier to call. We don't have to have, make any weird, tough decisions. I think it's, I like a check here. What do you think? I 100% agree, especially considering that it's Ludo. I think we check and we call most rivers. There are some rivers that are just the worst cards in the world that maybe we can fold if Ludo bets. But it's Ludo. He might not be able to change his stripes. He might have to bet the river yeah. no matter what he has because he can't help himself. And we just call down a lot of the time. I think that's probably the most profitable way to go about this and try to build a stack that way. I mean, it looks like Ludo's giving up, right, when he checks the turn, which I think he yeah. actually is, even though he's got bottom pair. That, that would be my guess. Now, I know what happens to the hand, so maybe that isn't entirely true, but, but like that would be my guess, right, is that he's giving up here. And as a result, yeah, I just feel like... I don't know if we can get value out of many of his worst hands, maybe a few. Like, even a six, is Ludo, if Ludo is 6-5 suited, is he going to check call? I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure. So yeah. that seems really problematic if there's a chance he's going to fold the, like a hand that's just a few pips down from where we are. I, yeah, this feels like we just have to check. Yep, I agree. But the, the scarf is blocking Atayo's brain, so he's betting. The great tapestry. Uh, yes. Atayo does bet. He bets 44K. This is, uh, I think this is uh, autopilot is what happened to Atayo. His plan was to bet the turn, right. and he's like, well... It's so rare that a 9 or a 10 comes, and then it does come. They hadn't really planned for that contingency, I guess. I mean, he probably correctly assumes that he's almost always ahead here, right? Like, it'd be like maybe... Right, but we know the inherent problems with of course. the bet, despite of course. that. No, I agree. Uh, it seems to me like this has to be a check, but I think you're right. I think he probably was like, I bet if he checks to me. I've, been, I've, done, I've had this happen to me before, for sure, where I'm like, sure. in this exact spot, I call the flop. I improve in a weird way that I wasn't looking for. And the guy checks. I'm like, well, I was going to bet. I might as well bet if he checks, I guess. When Actually, it's nice to have some checkbacks when he checks with medium-strength hands. And, but it's, and especially like we're saying against Ludo, the crazy guy, who's likely to bluff the river if he doesn't have anything. Maybe we'll call on the river. Who knows? I don't know. Either way, Tyo does bet. Yeah. And Ludo is go. not giving up. Here we go. So, all right. Please <laughs> explain to me how this is not a button click. Okay. This is this is the big one. Yeah. Because Ludo's going to check race. Yeah. He's going to make it 118K with king three on this board of uh, three, jack, six, nine, two spades. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try. I don't, I'm not, I'm not that confident. I'll be honest going into this. I'm going to try. Maybe I, I'll try and turn it on, but I'm a little worried about my ability to pull this off because the more I think about it and the more we've talked about this hand, the less good I feel about this check race. I'll tell you what. I felt better about it when I saw it without thinking about it too much. So here would be the reasons why to do it that I can come up with. Um, it looks very... Obviously, Atayo has something, right? He called the flop. Turns out he didn't have anything, really, but whatever. He called the flop. Maybe he was floating. He's going to fold automatically. Cool, we get to win. And instead of getting bluffed out of the pot, that's fine. But mostly it looks like Atayo has a jack or a six or like pocket, what, pocket fives, something like that, some pocket pair, like a medium pair usually. He can have top pair too. He has one pair a lot though, right? Like the nine shouldn't yeah. really change anything. It did, but it shouldn't, unless he has exactly pocket nines. Like, or jack nine. Jack nine suited. I don't even know if he's going to call jack nine suited pre-flop. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, he's going to call, he's calling jack nine If he's calling suited, jack nine suited, nine then I really hate guy like opening king three off. And the hijack, I got to tell you. I mean, he called 9-10 suited. It's not that different than jack-9 yeah. suited. 
I mean, you'd rather call nine ten suited than jack ten suited, wouldn't you? It's jack nine, you mean? But well, whatever I said, yes. I, you'd rather <laughs> call nine ten suited than jack nine suited, right? I would. I mean, they're like there's a minuscule difference well, in my mind. That could be the line, but fair enough. You're not you're not crazy when you say this. Um, anyway, fine. Let's include Jack Knight. That still is not very many combos out of all the combos that call the flop, right? It's a very small bet. Pocket Nines and Jack Nine are really the only two things that this would play into at all. I guess, I guess there could be some weird floats that now turn open ended, you know, turn combo draws or something like that. Fine, but mostly you're up against one pair here, right? Almost always. Yeah. So Ludo knows if he bets. He's not going to get one pair is going to station him for sure. So Ludo, because he doesn't want to fold, he knows he can't call. He knows he's losing. So calling is out, which I like that Ludo's clear on that. So in his mind, thinks, all right, the only way to win this hand is to get one pair to fold. And the only way to get one pair to fold is to take a stronger line than I might normally take in my bluffing. Because this guy kind of has to have one pair because he called the flop and it was such a dry board. So Ludo goes for the check raise to say like, ah, this time I actually have a really strong hand and you should fold all your... Like, everything that isn't really good, basically, at this point, which I would guess is anything that isn't at least top pair really should, really may feel like it has to fold here when Ludo takes this line. Well, there's a problem with that plan. Go ahead. And that is that you are Ludovic Gylik and everybody else knows it. Yeah. And the, the part of your plan that's problematic is the part where you say, I have a really strong hand. Yeah. Because it's Ludovic Gylik. And he really doesn't that often have a really strong <laughs> hand. He opened king three off. Yeah. Right? Like, he's opening all sorts of combos just like that. If uh, Now, we know that a Tayo bet second pair. We didn't like that. If we're, if we're a Tayo, and maybe Ludo knows a Tayo, and maybe this isn't a Tayo-based plan. Yeah. But if we're a Tayo, this is a very problematic play for Ludo to make. Because yes. we're betting Jackson better, and we're not folding them to Ludovic freaking Gylik. Tell you that much. Fine. So, like, we're not betting a six. We're letting him bluff on the river when we have a six, right? Yeah. Like, it, it, this is just such an ambitious plan. This is Ludovic being unwilling to give up, unwilling to lose a hand. Mm-hmm. And it's, he's clicking a button in order to do it. Well, you're calling it clicking a button. I'm saying he's trying to get, he's trying to make a, show a different kind of a line to what he thinks is one pair. You know, to like a stronger line to one pair. Now, I agree with all the things you said. But guess what? Nine ten is probably the kind of hand you probably have to fold. This is like basically the bottom of our range, right? I mean, against Ludovic Gallic, do you have to fold it? So, what is Ludo repping? I mean, he's repping sets. He's repping potentially over pairs because there's very few, but probably not really over pairs. It's probably better than over pairs, right, when he does this. Right. So it's probably and, sets. And that combinatorially makes up such a tiny percentage of his range compared to bluffs, if you know anything about Ludo. I mean, you say it's this. A problem. I got, I got to push back a little bit on this. How often have we really seen Ludo make big, crazy check raises? Now, I haven't seen that many I mean, Ludo I hands. I can't remember every... I, 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 I don't remember, remember him time. doing that very much. I know he did it in the other breakdown that we did as well, but that was very recent. Um, we did... You and I both... This is years ago, of course. It's like 2013, so it's like seven years ago. We actually did watch the, this, this whole EBT you know, back in the day yeah. when it was on. It's still on YouTube. Um, I don't remember Ludo making those kinds of crazy plays post-flop. I remember him making other... I remember him just like fire, 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 as opposed to like check raise. So for some I, players, I don't, I don't know for sure. Yeah, I, I think you're just kind of making that up. Maybe I am. I, I it's possible. It's possible. I am. Uh, I don't remember that though. I'll, I, I think when he shows a different kind of a line, I think you have to take that a little more seriously though. If, if he isn't, if he does that line a lot, fair enough, then I agree with you. But are we really going to, I don't think we should be betting the nine ten anyway. A hand that we're not sure we should bet. Should we really be bet calling with? Well, we have so many different bet calls. Reasons. Of there, our I mean, like that's, that 
that's a that's kind of a convoluting question, and Thank it's you. not really a fair question to ask because the choice whether or not to check or bet is an entirely different choice than once we have bet what we're supposed to do when facing a check of raise. Of course, but it's... And, go ahead. But, but the reason that we didn't like a bet was because we know Ludo's bluffy and we think he's going to bluff a lot on the river yeah. and we think there's a lot more value to be had by checking. That has nothing to do with if we're ahead of Ludo or not. I mean, it does, but like the inherent thinking in that is that we are ahead of Ludo a lot of the time. And when we bet and get check raised, it's an entirely different scenario. We're no longer trying to maximize our value once Ludo is checked to us. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out if we can profitably call. And of I think course. it's a completely different question. It's unfair to put them together. Well, and I think it's pretty clear that against <laughs> Ludovic Gaelic, it is a call. Okay. I want to push back pretty hard on some of the things you're saying. These things are related. Of course, they're different questions, but they are related because the notion of whether we even want to bet the 9-10 speaks to where we are in our range and where we are in our distribution. And 9-10 is basically at the absolute bottom of our distribution. That may or may not be true. That might not be the case. Atayo might have been an autopilot like we were talking about. Okay, so we'll have some bluffs there. Of course, no, he'll have some bluffs there. Of course he will. But I'm saying of our, val- yeah. of our value, this is at the bottom of our distribution, is it not? Does it even count as value? I mean, it's just equity denial. Um, I mean, okay, fair enough. If the, I guess we could say there's three different things, right? There's equity now, there's bluffs, and there's value. Yeah. Fair enough. But it's certainly a value bet. It's like I, it's an I have the best hand bet, right? Yes, I believe it is. Okay. So of all the hands that fall into the I have the best hand category, this is possibly the worst one we show up with. Maybe nine eight suited is worse. That's probably it, right? Like, do we really think Atayo is betting a six? Neither of us think that, right? Well, I don't know though. I mean, we just don't know. Like, well, of course we don't know. We wouldn't. Like, we wouldn't have bet. We wouldn't have bet a nine, right? right? But you, you even yourself said he's never betting a six. You said that like seven minutes ago, and I agree. No, with I you. said. I said no. I did not say okay, that. I said say? that. I said that if it was us, we would never bet a six. I actually think you said he's never betting a six. I really do. Mm. But well, I think it's likely. I think tape. it's very likely he wouldn't bet a six. I think it'd be a clear mistake to bet a six. How's that? Um, I, yeah, think I think it's a clear mistake to bet a yeah, nine. I was just going to say that too. Um, but a nine, at least, I could, I can understand. Remember, the nine, it's like, well, we're almost certain we have the best hand with the nine. With the six, we're not even as sure. There's way more hands that are, like, in between the six and the nine. Ludo could have turned a nine. Ludo could have pocket pairs better than a six. We block the nine now. The hands that Ludo's going to play with a nine in them, okay, ace, nine. I guess he's going to be all the nines, but we didn't, I wouldn't expect that. So I would think, like, he's got nine, eight. He's got nine, seven. We actually outkick him sometimes. I don't know. Anyway, I don't think this is so obvious that we're supposed to call just because we have a pair and Ludo's check raise because I think we should have some parts of our range, even our value range or deny equity range that we fold, even to the crazy guy, some percentage of it, sometimes. Okay. But so this is what often happens when we start arguing about yeah. this. We've been talking about the razor thin edge of the yes. range. This is still problematic for Ludo. What about if he just has a jack? Like oh. he's not folding a jack. Of course. Of course. No, I think so. That I think, makes this a bad play by Ludo, right? Yeah, of course. I thought we were well past that. We're just talking about what Atayo's ah. going to do. What Atayo well, no, should we do were still, we, That's No, what, we were still debating the check oh, race. Oh, we were? Oh, I didn't even realize the merits that. of it. I didn't know we were yeah. debating the check race. Oh, I don't. I think Ludo should fold for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like a hundred percent. This is check fold. I think. Uh, and once in a while, you're losing a four five or five seven suited, but like basically, you're always beat, and it's a super easy fold. And Ludo just decided to go into. I was never trying to debate that this was the best play. I'm just trying to say that it may, from Ludo's point of view, it's not exactly clicking buttons. That's all. Okay. That's all. I mean, that's the best I can even try and do is. 
that. And honestly, here's, here's something that we haven't said yet that I think is a reason why it also makes this probably pretty bad, is it isn't like if a Tayo flopped big, he would, like he flopped a set, he would ever raise the flop against Ludo in position, ever, in a right. million years. Right now, yeah, he might have a really big hand, but the, the other side of it is like if he had jacks, he'd probably three bet at pre, so it's really just pocket sixes and pocket threes, and maybe pocket nines. Like, that's it, right? Those, yeah, pocket nines are probably a three bet against Ludo, too, though, a lot of the time, right? Um, yeah, maybe not always. Maybe you just want to play post flop against him, though, and like collect all the chippies, but it's yeah, good. you get to be in position and have a good hand, it's pretty sweet, it is, but it's hard, you know, nines. Nines are tough to play, you know, when the, if the guy's going to fire three bullets at you every time when a bunch yeah. of overcards are going to come, you're just never going to know where you're at. Um, so it's hard to know. But, but likely he's three-betting pocket nines. So from Ludo's point of view, there aren't that... I guess it's really just pocket sixes and pocket threes. You wouldn't expect six-three suited to really be there. Uh, no. So maybe, maybe jack-nine suited, like you're saying, sure. There's a few sets. So there aren't that many strong hands, but all the strong hands, I think, are going to slow play the flop. Like, almost yeah. certainly. And by the way, if he somehow has pocket aces or pocket kings and was still playing that way, unlikely. But if he does, he's only going to call the flop also, right? Like, yeah. So any strong hand he has, he's going to play this way, which is not great for us. No. So Ludo does it. He makes it 118K. Yeah. You want a Tayo to fold. Yeah. I want a Tayo to call because it's Ludo. Right. Tayo likes me. He calls. Yep. He likes you. That's why he does yeah. it. He's like, you know what? That grandkid, he's all right. Put those yeah, chips in there. That's exactly yeah, I mean, like, and I would guess you don't have a massive problem with calling when it's Ludo. No, I just, no, I think, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I think every jack we have to call with. So, like, this is like a pip down, basically, from where I'd be calling from, more or less, you know, um, pretty much. Right, I mean, and, you, and you're operating from a theoretical distribution mindset when you're saying that you should be folding the nine, right? And it's possible that against Ludo, you should call with basically everything, and it's profitable. I mean, well, if it's... Honestly, we would be call- if we're calling with nine ten, we are calling with everything. So I question it. I, I do question that. I don't. I think even against crazy people, you can't call with everything every time. I think it's just. I think you get wrecked that way. Well, I suppose it depends also on if a tie would bet a six on the turn because maybe sure. he would. I don't know. That's fair. He or did, pocket he bet a nine. Right. We didn't. We wouldn't have done that. So right. Pocket sevens. Pocket eights. Maybe he decides to bet those. It's yeah. the Same kind of thing. That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, Tayo does call, and this is one of those spots deep in an EPT where Ludo should be freaking out, and it sucks, but he's been in this spot so many times where the guy calls him, and he's like, I guess I'm going to go for it again, maybe? I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, so Lu- the, the thing about being Ludo is you're probably really used to being in these spots, and you don't feel like the fear of like getting called down. You know, you're just like, whatever. Also, he's got a lot of chips. I mean, there's 335K in the pot. Remember, the blinds are 4K, 8K. Ludo's still... If Ludo bets half pot on the river or somewhere in that nature, somewhere in that general area, he's still going to have 100 blinds even if he gets called and loses. Like, it's not that bad. He's still going to have a monster yeah. stack. So that really makes it easier to pull the trigger, I think, as Ludo. Instead of, like, if it's two-thirds of his remaining stack and he's going to go from chip leader to crippled or something close, that's a really different decision, you know? So I think it makes it easier. I think having all these chips just makes it way easier to take a shot. Yeah, I agree. Well, the river is the ace of spades That's with 3 and 35k in the pot. That is a not a card that Atayo wanted to see. No. All right, so the question is should Ludo go for it? We know he's going to. Of course he's going to. He's Ludo. Should he? Is this a card that he should? I think he probably should on this card, actually. I think this is a pretty good card to go for it on. Representing flushes? Yeah. We're just representing the backdoor flush situation. We bet 
We turn the flush draw. We, f- we feel like we want to have fold equity with it. If we bet, we're usually getting called by that one pair hand. So we check raise instead. And bam, we got there. I think we have more flushes than a Tayo does. A Tayo, we see, can have backdoors. So he can have them. But it just feels like Ludo's got so many more combos, pre-flop and post-flop of spades to me. Yeah, you would think. You would think he does. So yeah, I agree that he probably should go for it. He also um, has a spade in his hand. It's the three of spades, but still helps a right. little, right? Like ace three I mean, is there. Atayo's spades, let, let's just, if we didn't know that Atayo that had a bunch of two backdoor type hands, Atayo's yeah. spades are like six X of spades type hands, right? Which isn't much at this point. Yeah. It's like five, six of spades, six, seven of spades, maybe six, eight of spades. Four, five of spades. Maybe. Yeah, maybe four, maybe four, six of spades. Yeah. Unclear. Maybe five, seven but of spades. Per- oh, no, the two back doors, though. You're right. That's a gut shot. Though. Yeah. He would call with the gutter. Maybe. But there's very few. Fa- there really just aren't that many spade combos, unless we think he's calling with all his two back door hands all the time, which probably Ludo wasn't aware, or maybe anyone was aware, like, was a thing in 2017, yeah. 2013, even. But maybe maybe he was calling with all his two back doors, maybe. which, you know, increases his spade combos. And those are definitely the types of hands that he would not be folding to the turn check raise from Ludo, I would think. For sure. Most of the time. For sure. So there is some some worry there, but mostly it feels like Atayo has something like Jack-10, right? Or, mm-hmm. or Queen-Jack or something like yeah, that. that's exactly right. Which is a, a hand that hates this card. And, of course, the Jack is a spade, which is important. I think that makes going for it better that the Jack is a spade. It means Atayo has fewer top pairs that are also spade draws, mm-hmm. um, which top pair is a more likely hand for him to play this way. So... I think I do like going for it. So I, I do like that Ludo does go for it. However, the fact that it's good, in my opinion, doesn't mean it wasn't a button click, Jonathan. Tell you what. I don't understand what you're saying. You think it's good that he's going when for you it. Click, you like that he's going for it on the river, but it's still a button click? What, what, is it, what are you even saying? Sometimes when you click a button, you get the right thing. Sometimes it's good. If you keep clicking the button over and over again, sometimes a good thing will happen. So, so I guess the real question, the, and we don't know the answer, is would Ludo have continued on every river? <laughs> right? That's right. the, thing, like we love, that's the, the thing we want to know. If it was the deuce of hearts, would he have continued? Right. And should he have continued? I think he should not have. Yeah. I think he should not have. Like, right. That feels like you're just going to get stationed too often now on the deuce of hearts. Yeah. Also, you have a tiny bit of showdown value? No, not really, but whatever. Like, I think we just have to give up before Ludo on a lot of rivers. But this is a pretty good river to fire. If you're going to fire a river, the ace of spades, what's calling us now? Ace, jack, exactly, and spades that got there. That's like it, right? Yeah. And maybe sometimes Atayo finds, finds a hero with a jack because it's Ludo. Maybe. maybe. Maybe he's got king jack with the king of spades in his hand or something. Maybe. Yeah. And decides to hero it. It's tough, though. But it's Ludo, so he decides to. That's not crazy. Queen no. jack with the queen of spades. That's like, there's not too many combos where he can really make that call, though, that aren't at least no. two pair or better. Even though it's Ludo, I agree. And Ludo does go pretty big, too. He bets 217 into 335. Yeah. Itayo, it is Ludo, but you can't do it. You just got to let it go. It's too bad of a run out. You know, the Ace of Spades is too bad of a card. It is a re- I mean, when Ludo check raises there, you're supposed to be beat either on the turn or on the river. Like, one of those two things is supposed to beat you almost always, right? Like, you're either already beat or the spade comes and now you're beat, right? We don't have any spades in our no. hand. We don't block anything. Like, I, it feels like such an obvious fold. I do wonder, though, and I, there's no way for us to know the answer, but I'm curious if it actually would be plus EV to call against Ludo in this tournament in 2013 with 910. <laughs> like, it's possible that to, based on it being Ludo, it actually would be plus EV. Uh, I, I guess I don't know. Um, I, my, fir- my first guess is it's not. But yeah, that like even Ludo is like... Also, if people were doing that, I, I guess it's different. If people were doing it, then Ludo might 
be a little more careful. But people aren't doing it, which is your point. Um, yeah. I mean, we do see him. If you watch this tournament, and it's a fun tournament to watch. The It's what? EPT London? Yeah. Uh, 2013 EPT10 London. Uh, Ludo is just taking shots constantly with trash hands on boards that are really... He doesn't have anything to do with three ways. He's just constantly firing, and it's working and working and working and working and working. So maybe you're right. Maybe like there's there's a just a reasonable thing of just like I make a pair, I hold on the end. I don't care. Yeah. And there's certain guys I certainly make that plan against, you know, in poker, where it's like I just can't fold to this guy. And then sometimes you have to. The board gets so bad. You know, there's four to a straight and four to a flush and stuff like that. You just have to fold. You've got bottom pair. It just feels like you just can't call. And you have so many better hands, you know, but. But where you own, but you're calling down with like 95, 90% of your holdings that you call the flop with or something crazy like that. Um, I mean, it'd be crazy. It'd be crazy if they could actually be profitable to just call with any pair here on the river. Yeah. Against the guy who we'll took this we'll never know. Yeah. We'll never know. And Itayo does fold, which makes sense. I mean, it's a terrible card. Terrible. Against a very aggressive line. And Ludo just gets away with one again. He's <laughs> just. Dancing between the raindrops. Atayo even says, like, ah, oh, you made your flush. Sounds like Atayo is planning on calling. It's easy to say that when someone's betting and you're folding. You can say whatever you yeah. want. But it seems like he's probably calling the river. Uh, a lot of rivers anyway. And this is just not one of them. This is about as bad as it gets. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home. And you gonna be-